night, good afternoon, or good morning to whoever's listening to this and wherever you're from. This is Colin Simprom, and I'm with my brothers here, Rav, Jonah, I mean, Rav, Mar, and DP. You guys say hi, everybody. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? Mar, Chris. What's up, everybody? Go. All right. All right, and we're missing uh, one person, Jonan. Uh, he won't be available for this episode, but he'll surely join on Saturday's episode. Uh, and this is episode seven of the Restricted Zone podcast. So we got topics we're going to be discussing this episode. So the Eagles finally get their first win on Sunday versus the 49ers. And we wonder, is it a sign of things to come, uh, what it looks like for them in the future, and what the season outlook looks for them? Uh, We're going to talk about the Lakers game three and game four. We're going to give our takeaways and opinions on how well the Lakers and Heat play, what they could have did to improve. And is it the Lakers or LeBron's fourth win, or does the Heat have something in them to bring it back and make a comeback? Uh, In the final part of this episode, we're going to do a what if from the previous episode. And this what if is whether or not, what if Derrick Rose had never tore his ACL in 2012, what would he have been like now? Is he a Hall of Famer or is is he still a Hall of Famer? So, uh, let's start with the Eagles. So, the Eagles got their first win on Sunday versus the 49ers. Uh, it was an ugly win, but they got the job done. Uh, what do you guys – what's your take on that, Chris? What do, you, what do you think about that? I mean, a win's a win in the NFL. Uh, I mean, and you guys took advantage of the opportunity that was given to y'all facing a not fully healthy 49ers team. But, I mean, you guys won. It was an ugly game, but you guys pulled it out. All right, that is true. I mean, what's your stance on that, DP? What do you think about Eagles' first win on Sunday? I look at it like it's fool's goal right now. Um, because, like you said, it was ugly. Um, it was ugly against a team that couldn't really generate a pass rush. But they somehow did. They didn't have their best pass rushers, but they still generated a pass rush. So that's just showing you um, how we looking on the offensive line. You know, we got – pretty much three of our starters injured on the offensive line. Um, I look at it like it's full goal, but it is some things that I took away that I was kind of impressed by, like the, de- like the defensive line. I mean, we haven't played any, you know, great quarterbacks, but the last two weeks we got 14 sacks. So uh, I was encouraged by that. I was encouraged by the turnovers. Um, but, you know, we still – injuries is depleting us. You know, it's the second straight year, you know, where the Eagles is completely destroyed by injury at the wide receiver position. I'm not really impressed with the offense still. And um, Carson Wentz, you know, he's guaranteed. He seemed like he guaranteed once a week for uh, interception, which was not his calling card before. He used to fumble a lot. But now he, he, he turning the ball over on the ground and in the air. And then, like I said, like, the last thing that I look at is the linebackers. Like, you know, coming into the season, we talked a lot about our secondary and again, I, I mean, I look at the secondary and I mean, numbers, numbers don't lie. They don't tell the whole story, but they don't lie. You know, we, we not getting killed through the air as far as our secondary goes, but our linebackers is getting destroyed. Tight ends is eating us up. So through the air, we, we gave up seven touchdowns this season um, through the air, five of them is to tight ends. And so pretty much tight ends is just having a way um, you look at, you know, Duke Riley, you look at Nate Gary, they look lost in coverage. I don't know if it's the motions. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, they just getting killed in coverage. And it just seemed like, um, you know, if, if your team got a solid tight end or a good tight end, then they going to score that game. I mean, that day. So um, that's what you've been seeing a lot with the linebackers. And you saw that again with the 49ers. Um, they were just getting killed. Kerry Kittle. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he uh, I just said Kerry Kittle. George Kittle had like 183 yards, touchdown. And so it's just bad for the linebackers. But other than that, like I said, like, I just think it's fool's goal. I look forward to next week. That's the real challenge. You know, the Steelers come in and, you know, just seeing, you know, what we can do against that type of opponent. Can our, you know, defensive line generate the same pass rush against a good offensive line? You know, can we get the same turnaways with Big Ben? Um, I mean, turnovers with Big Ben. So, you know, I look forward to that. I don't really take much out of the win to the 49ers. See, I don't, y'all don't, you don't see much optimism in like this win. No, I mean, like I said, I, I, I have a couple of things. Like I said, I thought it was impressive. I thought the D line played really well. Um, I was impressed by the turnovers, not only um, getting the turnovers, because the last couple of games, we had opportunities to get turnovers. We just didn't catch the ball so as far as like interceptions. 
um, we had opportunities to get interceptions. We didn't catch the ball. So, you know, the fact that we caught them, you know, I, I was, you know, I was, I was happy about that. But outside of that, we still got a lot of work to do on every aspect of the offense. Like I said, until wide receivers get healthy, we don't even know how fully unlocked our offense can be. And, you know, at the same time, Carson Wentz is still playing, you know, like a bottom tier quarterback and he's not supposed to because he really a top 10 talent as far as arm, as far as um, athleticism, ability. He should be killing the league, but, you know, it just seemed like either he in his head or whatever is going on with him. I feel like he's seen other quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, you know, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, they're playing out of their minds. He's trying to keep up and make people, you know, Remember in 2017, 2018, he was practically the MVP until, you know, he had his injury. So he's trying to give, you know, make people remember, like, hey, I'm still this franchise level quarterback. But, you know, it's not, he's not been, he hasn't been able to show that this season. Um, yeah, but Mark, that's a, oh, my God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I'll get back to you, Mars. So what do you, what do you think about the Eagles' first win and what does it mean to the Eagles for you? Um, basically, what Chris said, took advantage of a, of a banged up 49ers team. Um, it was pretty ugly. You guys, I mean, they outrushed you. They threw more than y'all. They have more first downs than y'all. But you guys came up with more crucial plays. But, like, I don't know. Basically, you just took advantage of your opportunity. I don't think it really means anything, to be honest. So you, so you think our season is still, you know, is, is, it's over? We don't, it's we don't... been over. <laughs> <laughs> it's been over. Okay, DP, uh, back. I'm going to swing it back to you. What was you saying? You want to get it off? Um, I forgot. I, I forgot now. I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we keep talking about this Carson Wentz 2017, like it's one season. And I just, I just find it ironic that for him, you know, he get to have one good season. And like, that's the one season that we always want to point back to, to remind ourselves how good he could be. And overall, the season was an admiration overall for the team. You know what I mean? Not only just him, our rushing attack, we had the number one rushing attack in the league. We had the number one, um, uh, Russian defense in the league. Like, it was a lot of things that we did well that year that was admiration for that year because we haven't repeated it since. Oh, so so it's not necessarily is the team. It's just Carson Wentz himself. Is he's the liability for the team? No, I'm saying I'm saying the team, the team overall, we got weaknesses. I just think that for me, when you're paying a quarterback that much money, I think we're talking $150 million. It's positions that you can't shore up that you would probably like to if you wasn't paying your quarterback that much money. And so if if he may not be able to get a number one receiver because the price tag is too high, he may not be able to get, you know, like one of those top linebackers because the price is too high. But it's, that's the sacrifice that you take when you take that much money. And I'm not telling that he shouldn't have got his money. That's that's not on him. If, if somebody was offering me $158 million, I take it too. But when you take account for the fact that now that you make that much money, you can't spend in other places, you have to be the difference maker. And he's not the difference maker. He need everything else to go well for him to be great. Like he need the running game to be excellent for him to be great. He need to have the wide receivers for him to be great. And when you make that much money, you shouldn't, you know, need that much help. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to stay on topic. Uh, this is one last question number though, and then we'll switch it over. So, so since the Eagles got their first win on Sunday, what do you think their outlook is for the season? And more importantly, the NFC division, what do you think they'll stay number one? Do you think they'll lose, they'll be able to hold that spot or another team will, you know, overtake inside the division? Like, what do you guys think? I'll start off with Chris. I mean, based off your division itself, every week, everybody has a chance to be number one. So, you guys are automatically in the playoff race based off of that ridiculous rule, I think, alone. Uh, as far as how the rest of y'all's season goes, I mean, mm, y'all got a tough couple of weeks coming up. Like you said, you'll play Pittsburgh, so y'all finally are going to face, like, a real certified team compared to who y'all faced already this season. So we really get to see how y'all play. But, I mean, this season, more or less, I mean, you guys will always be in the hunt for the playoffs because of your division itself, but I don't really see you guys – gaining much out of this year, kind of like Lamar said. I'm, your season is just about over, but because of the fact that you are in the NFC East, you always have a chance. Okay, I'm going to swing it over to DP. So what's your thoughts on on, on the NFC division? Do you think the Eagles can hold on to that number one spot for the remaining of the season? I mean, we hold, it's, We got one win, two losses in a, in a tie. I mean, like, you know, like holding on, what we holding on to? Uh, for us to be in the lead in that division is, is I, I agree with everybody else. It's just, it's just pitiful. 
Um, and like I said, for me, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like if, if the Eagles didn't turn the tide, I would rather just tank and let's go get a, a good quarterback in the draft. I just find that the Eagles is always in a position where we're good enough to make the playoffs bad enough to not get great picks in the draft. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at it, like I said, I don't, I don't see us miraculously turning around and being this great um, playoff team that can at least win a game in the playoffs. We look like a team that even if we make the playoffs, we out in the first round. So for me, if you're going to be out in the first round, you're not even going to have a chance to even have a fighting chance to get anywhere. I, I'd rather just, you know, take the L's and get a good, a good draft position. All right, so your your stance is on them tanking. Uh, all right, so we're going to switch gears. We're going to switch over to the Miami Heat versus the, the Lakers, the NBA Finals. So I'm sure everyone here knows by now. The Lakers are up 3-1, and one, game three. Uh, the Heat won. Jimmy Butler had an outstanding performance, something I didn't expect from him. Uh, man, he's just as good as advertised. But game four, LeBron showed how clutch he was in the final uh, minutes. Uh, Kendrick Nunn. Yes, sir. Kendrick Nunn. I don't know what Kendrick Nunn was, Kendrick Nunn was doing, but he really played bad. Uh, I'm gonna just swing it over to you guys. So, what do you guys? So, what do you guys take away from Game Three? You know, of the Lakers versus uh, the Heat. I'm gonna swing it over to uh, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Say so what I think of Game Three first. Okay. What do you think of Game Three? What What do you think? Like stood out. Uh, Jimmy Butler, that's all you can take away from the game. He stood out. He outplayed the Lakers itself. That and Anthony Davis didn't play as advertised, which he's supposed to do every night. Every night when you a player like AD playing with another superstar like LeBron, the co-star should be averaging – well, I don't say in every case, but in AD's case, he should be averaging 28 every night, especially against the Heat team. That didn't have Bam Adebayo, probably the best, their best big by far. So the takeaway from game three was – just Jimmy Butler. That's all you can say. Okay, Rath. Uh, what was your take? On game three, right? Yes, game three. I just I think Jimmy Butler just played a fantastic game. Like, I mean, I, I won't say I didn't expect it from, like, Jimmy Butler can lock in. I just didn't expect him to outplay LeBron like that. Like, he really – but, I mean, I, I never expected him to do it again. All right. Uh, DP, I'm going to swing it over to you. What do you, what do you think – what do you take away from game three? I mean, we, we all going to repeat the same thing. I think Jimmy Butler played a fantastic game uh, offensively, defensively, and I think as far as getting guys involved, um, he, he showed his uh, ability to be a playmaker on the floor. Um, and I think that they really needed that, and they needed him to step up. And, I'm, you know, it was, it was good to see. And seeing a game like that, honestly, is a referendum on the Sixers. I, I don't know how you let a player that good um, oh. that have the ability to do something like that um, walk away, and the guy that you keep is um, Tobias Harris. But, you know, that's another story for another day. Yeah, don't even talk that. That that still hurts even now. So now we're going to talk about game four. I've, I've, I really loved game four. LeBron James just showed, uh, you know, everyone who how clutch he is. You know, someday he's really been undermined and for a long time. People have been uh, criticizing him about that. He pretty much showed Kyrie that he is – the most clutchest teammate he ever had. So, I mean, I want to swing it over to uh, Rav. What's your thought on that one? What do you think? What do you Man, take you, you, been, you, been, you basically said what I was about to say. Like, he, he's that teammate that can make that shot, that can show up when he needs to. I mean, he's just he's just doing what I already knew he could do. Like, he's going to close this series out. Um, I mean, like, it's the king, man, the best player in the world. King, the, the one and only. What do you think, Chris? What do you take away from game four? I mean, y'all basically said the same thing I was going to say. I mean, you can say that LeBron's the clutchest teammate Kyrie's ever had because he test, technically hasn't played with Kevin Durant yet. But, I mean, I never – like I said before, I never said LeBron wasn't clutch. But he showed what he can do. That's just about it. I mean, the Heat played well. Just like us played better. All right, Mars. So, what's your take on game four? You know, LeBron showed how clutch he is, proving a lot of doubt with all once again. What's your take on it on game four? Um, game four, he showed up when he had to, and he really applied pressure on the Heat as a whole. He really bounced back from game three, and he put a whole – he put a – he put – he was holding AD to a standard on game four after his game three performance, and AD really showed up. 
and Brown really did his thing uh, down during the stretch at the free throw line. I was really surprised. Hey, Stan, you surprised. I mean, his free throws always been his, his greatest weakness. I mean, not his greatest weakness, a slight weakness. Uh, DP, what, what's your take on game four? Uh, hey, man, listen. Uh, I, 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 look, I, looked at, I look at game four and I just say, you know, why is it that my man in year 17 still got to go out there and prove himself? Um, there was so much that was said, especially when Kyrie made his statement. You know, it was a lot of people questioning. And like I said, you know, you can have who you want for the last shot, whether it's KD, Kyrie, I mean, all of them, you know, all of them is great offensive scorers. But statistically, LeBron is the best in that area, especially in the playoffs. So, you know, I think he just did what he what he, what he he normally do. And, and, and this is coming from somebody who watched the games and killed. Like, I don't think that the Lakers should have lost game three. Y'all seen the text that I sent out in the group chat after that game. I felt as though LeBron didn't take over at the end of that game. The game was close in the fourth quarter, and I felt it was so many times that he should have taken over. And I can't explain why he do stuff like that. Like, it's just – it's one of them things that, like, even after 17 years, like, it wrecks my mind where it's, like, the game within six points the whole time in the fourth, and he just won't just dominate the game. But you see he – game forward, same situation. Um, and this time he wasn't going to let the team lose. You know, he, he, he rallied off a, a good run. And then, like I said, Rondo came in, KCP, you know – I'm really impressed by KCP and Rondo. Like, honestly, like, I think they both have played extremely well. Um, they defense, Rondo's energy as far as pushing the pace. Like, I'm really excited about that. And, you know, when I look at the Heat, I just think the Heat, you know, they got a bright future. I think they one star away from being able to really compete. And, honestly, I think that star going to be Joel Embiid. You know, we're going to see, but hey. I, I know Jimmy Butler. Listen, listen, it's don't not, it's not, don't say it's not, nothing. not jinxing, but you know, you know, they like best friends, they besties. You know, every time oh. Jimmy Butler have a good game, Joel tweeting about him. So, you know what I mean? I just can't, I, I just can't see them not being together in Miami. Um, but hopefully, you know, hey, happen. Like, I would love for the Sixers to keep him. That's the only thing I'm going to tell you. If he leaves to the Heat, yo, it's, it's all, it's all your fault. That's all yeah, I'm I feel gonna, like, I feel no, like it's this the Sixers' is, fault. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a real question now. Like, who do y'all got winning the Finals MVP? Uh, LeBron. I got Anthony Davis. This is exactly why I asked the question because I feel I like showed I got, he showed why he was the defensive player. Of, he showed why he should have won Defensive Player uh, last night. I'm yeah, yeah, but LeBron showed why he should have won MVP last night. I mean, I mean, either way it goes, I'm fine. Whoever wins NBA Finals MVP, but I think LeBron wins it. You know, I think LeBron wins it. So you guys don't have the Heat making pulling out one more win. Uh, they, don't wanna, they might win another absolutely, one, but it's over. Absolutely not. Absolutely. No, it's not like, no. They, they might get one more. Yeah, I'm with Chris. I'm with Chris. I think they might but, be able to, to get one more. But it's over right. after that, though. Like the season's over right now. All right, so it's the nail in the coffin. We're just waiting for the uh, inventable. Okay. So just bring switch. out the trophies. <laughs> bring out the trophies. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and well, switch. Well, don't don't bring it out too early though, because you seen what happened. You seen what happened to the Spurs in, in 2013. They they started bringing it out too early. And yeah, but that was really corny yeah, because yeah. that was a that was at uh that was at home and yeah. they started rolling the trophy off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna talk about uh, Doc Rivers, our new head coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. No one's here is, is excited about it at all. Pretty much no one likes Doc Rivers. I'm Except cool. you. I Listen, I said I'm okay. It's not too high, not too low. I'm just neutral with him. But like I said, he made some, pretty, he made some pretty key comments. Uh, he pretty much nipped a hold in the mellow ball rumor. It was kind of getting overhand. Uh, everyone here disagreed, disagreed with trading for Lamella ball. I didn't get DP's take on that. What do you think about that, DP? Um... I don't know, man. Honestly, like, honestly, well, that and I was, you know, I wish I could have been on for that episode because I had a lot of things that I wanted to say. As far as the LaMelo Ball thing, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, just because, you know, Ben Simmons, defensive player of the year type candidate, you know, he's an all-star. Um, but I honestly, like, and I've been saying this for a while, like, a lot of people blame Brett Brown. And if, and if, if the issue is, if the issue is discipline, then, I mean, obviously, you know, some of that got to fall on him. I just don't believe that a lot of the issues with the Sixers was a coaching issue. I think it was a roster construction issue. Like, and I made some notes, too, because I went back and I had to look at these rosters. So in 2017, we had all shooters. 
right? Like you had Ben Simmons and you had Joe Embiid and then you had shooters. You had Bellinelli, Eliasova, Court Moss, Covington, J.J. Redick, Sargent, and then you had Scrappy T.J. McConnell, right? So that was so that was more shooters than you had anything else, like perimeter players, that type of thing, right? Like guys that can play in the mid, you know, score. So it wasn't it wasn't enough. Uh, being able to score in the mid, and it wasn't enough defense. Okay, so then you come back in 2018, you still have some of those guys, but then you make trades, and then the team became top-heavy with no shooters. You had Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Simmons, Redick, Embiid, and then you had McConnell coming off the bench. So now you didn't have a a bench because you was top-heavy. And then, like I said, now the team that you got – you don't have any shooters for real, for real. You got like maybe two good shooters. Like you got Shake Middleton and Milton. And then uh, I don't even know like who, who, who the other good court mods, maybe. Um, <laughs> like I said, so you don't really have no shooters. Um, then you put another big next to Joe Allen B. So the, the, the spacing was already messed up because of Ben Simmons' reluctance to shoot. And then you add another big to throw in the paint with MB. So with no shooting, no shooting at all. You gave up yeah. your best shooter and JJ Reddick. Um, you gave away your best wing scorer, which was Jimmy Butler, and kept Tobias Harris. And I like Tobias. Like, he put up solid numbers. He averaged 19. But when you're paying somebody a max contract, I need more than I need more than just solid from you. Like, I need more than solid because all these contracts together is strapped them. So now they don't have nowhere to really go from now. Like, honestly, like, when I look at the doc higher now, sometimes I'm looking at it and I'm – he might have been the best guy to get based off the roster that you have, like – because even D'Antoni, you need shooters for any of his offenses. Like, even with the Suns, he had shooters. Um, right now, you don't have that. So, he can run the pick and roll with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons all day. Like, where's the ball going? You know, who he kick, who, who, who are you kicking it out to? Um, and that's what I feel about the Sixers. I don't feel that it was huge. I, like, like I said, if, if Brent Brown couldn't discipline him, then that's on him. But the roster construction is, is terrible. Like, the, and, and the thing about it is – they went from one extreme to the next. Like you had all shooters and so you said, okay, let's get some, you know, uh, some wing scores. You know what I mean? Let's try to add a little bit. And then they just went a whole different direction and made it all top heavy. And then now like the team don't even make sense. So I, that's what I blame it on. So I, I feel like the coach at this point, unless they change the roster, like it doesn't really matter. Cause D'Antoni don't have the shooters. I don't know what Talu is. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't know what Talu is. Like it's a small sample size. But the year after LeBron left, there was 0-6 to start the year. So I don't really know what he is. Um, as far as if the issue they say is discipline and they think that they can win with that roster, then I guess Doc Rivers will bring that. All right. Yeah, coming off what you said, I never thought why people were so excited about Al Horford coming to the Sixers. I really, I wasn't really that big of a fan of him. But we're going to go on to what Doc Rivers said about the whole Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons uh, you know, combination because the whole LaMelo Ballroom was kind of getting overrated. He made a key statement here, which I think a lot of, a lot of Sixers fans were pretty happy to hear. So he starts it off like this. So he says, it clearly works with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid playing together. And he said this, if you watch my team's play, I rarely say that guys were 182. I don't get lost in that position. I look at how many points we score as a team. I don't care how we score. My teams have always been very good offensively we score points and we score points in a lot of in a lot of different ways so basically he's pretty high on Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons a lot of Sixers fans have always been worried about whether or not they could play together or if it came down to the um the worst if it came down worst to worst they had to trade one of them and you know a lot of people were debating well we should trade Joel he's never healthy trade Ben he can't shoot it's a lot of debates but Doc is making it clear, and he seems pretty confident that these two can win a championship for the Philadelphia 76 Sixers. So I want to start off with Raph. What do you think about Doc's River comment? And what do you think about Joel and Ben Simmons? I mean, Joel and, yeah, Ben Simmons. Uh, I, I, like I said before, like when you told me about this, I felt like it was some truth in this comment, and I just felt like he was um, kind of over-exaggerating a bit as well. I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of the uh, – Ben and Joel relationship on the court because when they do play together, I just feel like they clog the paint too much simply based off the fact that Ben can't really shoot. Um, I don't know if Doc Rivers is going to be that coach to um, go back. I think DP said to kind of discipline Ben, but um, at this point, I guess this is one of the things that we need to work on because in other uh, aspects of the team, we can't really uh, uh, control it that much with all these Mac with the max contracts with Tobias Harris and things like that. So, it's more so like it's more so like focusing on Ben's development at this point. 
All right, then uh, what's your take on that, Chris? What do you think about Doc, Doc Rivers' comments? He seems pretty confident in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. What, what's your take on that? Exactly. You're, you're supposed to be confident. Like, what coach what doesn't come in and brag about their top two players in the franchise? You're supposed to do that when you um, come into – you're supposed to. Like, if you don't do that, then that's an issue right away. But, again, Doc, was, Doc is basically set up to fail. Not, not that I thought he was a – Above average coach at all, but he set up to fail because, like y'all said, because of these contracts, he really can't do anything. How can you switch up this roster without trading somebody? But then again, who's going to take those contracts? What team was going to take them? Because you're also big, hoping on that too, or unless you just score big in the draft. So he's kind of in a rock and a hard place situation where if he doesn't, he won't even know if he can fix this roster, if Elk Brand is going to be able to turn this roster around because of the contracts they have on this team. But I mean, again, as a coach, you're supposed to come in and brag about your top two players. That's what you're supposed to do. So, I mean, I don't really think anything of it. I mean, it's just that's making a good impression. He's still not going to do anything in Philadelphia. I personally think that. So, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, he did what he's supposed to do. Well, okay. Well, Mar, let me ask you then. So, how do you – what do you think the potential is for Joel and, and Ben Simmons? Do you think they could lead the Sixers to NBA championship? Uh, Yeah, but not right now. Not well, how many, how many years do you think it'll take? You know, depending because you know their contracts. But well, how long do you think? Your three years, four years. Whenever the Nets break up, that's the only thing I can tell you because oh, they're not yeah. gonna beat Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Well, so, well, so DP. So if that's the case, so okay, you're not necessarily high on Doc Rivers, basically because of the situation with the roster. So. What do you think about Ben Simmons and Joel NB future in the Sixers? You pretty much you kind of on the fence of Joel going to the Heat because Jimmy Butler and him are best friends. Uh, what do you think about them as a pair, like Joel and Ben Simmons? Do you think they can win a championship for the Sixers? Well, I mean, I don't think they can do it without adding, um, without adding a, a wing score, like a, a good wing. Not, I'm not gonna say good. Tobias is good. I, I don't want to. He's a he's a good player. Um, but they need somebody better better than that. And without that guy in the middle and maybe some shooters, no, I don't think them two together, um, I don't think together they can. And that's and I think what Doc Rivers is saying, he's telling the truth, but he's not telling the whole story of the truth. And the truth is that these guys have had success together, but it was on different it was on a different roster. Like you can't it's hard for them to win with this roster because there's no shooting. And unfortunately for them, they play in an era where it's not just throw the ball to the big, let the big eat and then everything else to take care of itself. Like, they play in the era where you need shooting. And I don't even think that Ben Simmons had to learn how to shoot a jump shot. I just know that – I think that he has to have more confidence to take the jump shot. Um, and if you put them in the right system with shooters around, then he can kind of, like, play his game. He don't have to just shoot jump shots all game. Um, but like I said, like, that roster construction, that's going to be the biggest problem. And I don't see uh, anything in sight that's saying that they can get some changes because, like Chris said, like these contracts, nobody is nobody is taking Tobias Harris max contract unless they're a team that's trying to tank and you know they're willing to take deals. And even if you get rid of Tobias Harris, now you just lost another good player on a team that's already lacking a lot of good players. So um, I don't I don't see success for them. I, maybe. Soon as soon. A playoff. As soon as DP brought up a, a wing scorer, all I could think of is, is getting Bradley Bill on the Sixers. See? And that's, oh, that's yeah. that. He would have to trade a lot to get Bradley Bill. Oh, that's that's good. Good. They don't have the space for that. I don't even think the Wizards will even be willing to trade. They want to see what John Wall and Bradley Bill, what John Wall does when he comes back from his uh, surgery. But I want to actually touch on what DP said about uh, Ben Simmons doesn't need to get a jump shot. It's more based on his confidence. I think if Ben Simmons had added, added a jump shot, it would definitely – he'd be a frightening, frightening individual basketball player. I mean, it's a, it's a, he'd be MVP caliber. But, see, like, the thing is, I don't disagree. Like, I'm, I'm not one of them guys, like – I don't look at basketball like the way some people look at it. Like, oh, he got to get a jump shot. He got Yes, like he do have to develop a jump shot. But like jump shots, if they was that easy to develop, he would already have one. Like it's most guys that don't get a jump shot to like the eighth year in the league. This is like a constant, consistent thing that you have to do. Again, unfortunately for him, he played on a team and he played for a city where it's like, no, we need you to shoot a jump shot. We need you to shoot. So that's why I said like I'm not asking him to go out there and get a great jump shot. I'm just saying – just shoot more. Like, if, exactly. the, if if people have to account for you having to shoot, I think that changed their offense. 
But this idea is the same thing with Giannis. Like, guys, like, LeBron didn't get a respectable jump shot. And this is my favorite player. Like, his jump shot wasn't respectable until, yeah, his first year in Miami. Maybe his last year in, in, in Cleveland, like, it was kind of getting there. Like, he can knock him down uh, fluidly. But it wasn't until he got to, to Miami. So, this, it's, people just pretend like this happens. He, that was, like, his eighth year in the league. You know what I mean? Like, jump shots don't just grow on trees. If they did, then everybody in the NBA would have them because the better your jump shot, the more money you're going to make. Like, I don't think that they're trying to miss out on getting money. Like, I think it's just a harder thing to do. Right. So, it's just more mental than more physical. Okay. All right. But this is one last question I want to touch on this topic. So, what do you – do you guys think the Sixers are a top five, top four team in the Eastern Conference? I mean, yeah. But, again, that's not really saying much based off your roster because y'all can't be Boston – and y'all won't beat Brooklyn Nets when they fully come together. They and I don't even Boston. know if y'all could beat Toronto. They can beat Boston. They haven't yeah. done it yet. They, they, they can, can beat Boston. They haven't and done it yet. I don't, I don't really – I mean, I'm not going to – I'm not underestimating the Raptors, but I, I think we could contend with the Raptors. With this, roster, I, I, with this roster, I don't see them beating Boston. I don't um, either. I don't see them – I don't even see them beating the Raptors. Wait, so why, why is that? Well, because Boston is there. Kelly's hell, bro. Like, they, they, they never beat Boston. In the playoffs, like they 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 they've never beaten them. Um, they they got too much skill on the wing. For some reason, I don't know if it's Brad Stevens. You know, maybe Al Horford not being. You know, the reason why we got Al Horford was to try to take them away from Boston. Um, but like I said, like for whatever reason, Joel don't perform to standard against them, and then they don't have the wing guys to defend. Like as good as Ben Simmons is, for some reason, Tatum just give him hell. So um, I just don't see that. Uh, the Raptors, to me, the Raptors, I think defensively, that's that's where they'll reign supreme against against the Sixers, and then you got the Bucks. Um, well, I'm not sleeping on the Bucks either, but uh, I mean, what, what do the, then the like, Nets? So well, I see them I'm as sleep. a top top five, top six team. So so I'm trying to look at the conference now. So you're going at Nets. So next year, based on your prediction, is the Nets. Bucks at number two, possibly, or if you could switch that around to the Celtics, maybe. No, the and Bucks if, gonna be the Bucks gonna be number one in the East next year. Oh, really? Kyrie and Kyrie. That's what they do. They're a regular season team. They they gonna have the number one seed. I'm not saying they coming out the East. I'm saying they're gonna be the number one team based off of the the standards. They're gonna be the number one team. In the I, I mean, I, I feel like everybody's counting on a, a banking on a, a Nets way too quick. You got people saying the Nets going to the finals next year. I mean, on paper, they have the roster to go, but that's just paper, obviously. So we just got to yeah, see. But on paper, they don't have the defense either, though. Oh, okay. They got all scores. So the Warriors I, I'm didn't interested have the to defense. see that, too. The Warriors, the Warriors like didn't have one the defense. Clay Thompson, Andre Guadalla. Yeah, I get yeah. Draymond Green, the no. player of the year. No. Draymond Green, no. like, come on. No, no. Two, two of, of those all. championship runs, they was the number one defense in the league. Yeah. First of all. First of all, Draymond wasn't really the defensive player of the year. He was just a fan favorite, first what? off. I mean, but he won it, though. I, I can't say. I yeah, can't he won it, but it's not like he was like, it's not like it was unanimous or anything. It's it's, a, it's debatable. It's a lot of people thinking yeah, somebody else should have got it. This year. But, but, the, but the defensive player is really, it's always been really de- debatable. It's always debatable. Draymond had a great defensive year. I mean, the Warriors were definitely a defensive team. They weren't no at least, or if, or if you don't want to give them that credit of being the the best, they were definitely in the top ten. Yeah, but a couple of championship runs, they were literally the number one defensive team in the league. Like right, so I yeah, the that's worst. like not a speculative thing. That's a factual thing. All right, man. All right, so we'll so we'll just end it off with there. So that's everyone's take on uh, Doc Rivers' comments on the Sixers. So now we're gonna get to the final segment. It'll be what if. This is the one I was really looking forward to the most. So now, what if Derrick Rose, D. Rose, never tore his ACL in 2012? What would he have been like now, speaking now, inside the league? Is he a Hall of Fame player, or or would he be a Hall of Fame player, or is he still a Hall of Fame player regardless of whether he tore his ACL or not? I could tell you one thing right now. He never tore his ACL. He would have definitely been better than Chris Paul. Absolutely. No, no debate. Absolutely. Uh, he'd be top two point guard, top three point guard in the league. Uh, if he never tore his ACL, I think he'd be a top ten point guard of all time. Definitely a Hall of Famer. And I definitely think he could have he got a shot to win the championship in the league. 
I'm waiting on you, Mark. What's your take on it? Bro, I'm not even. I'm not even doing this today with y'all. Y'all just say it would be better than Chris Paul. That's. Hey, I. I mean, even, even, even. No, no, actually, no. Go ahead. I mean, no, no. Let me take my take on Derrick Rose before I get to that. I'm gonna touch on what Mark said. He would be a top. He would be one of the all-time great point guards if he never got hurt. But just like Mark said. Chris Paul in New Orleans, he's really slept on, and most people do not know how slept on he really is. He had an MVP season. Derrick Rose had the youngest MVP. That season, those numbers aren't even that great for MVP. I mean, Derrick Rose did win MVP, but he only averaged 22 and 6. It's exactly. like 22 and 7. But, but you know what? Uh, MVP doesn't have to be the, the highest scoring. I'm not understanding. So at, the t- so at the time, no, no, hold up. So at the time, the MVP at the time, the MVP is just a fan favorite. Derrick Rose was the fan favorite. Now I LeBron, was one of those LeBron fans. could have won MVP oh, oh, oh. that year. LeBron could have won MVP that he year. He really could have. He had a, he had way better stats than Rose. So what you're trying to say is you're, you're trying. Somebody you're trying to take the way. Derrick Rose was the number one but, seed. On a real quick though, like, but but um, I, I know this whole conversation is about if what if Derrick Rose never got hurt. But I do want to mention that even even though De- uh, Derrick Rose got hurt, Derrick Rose with less talent took his team to the Eastern Conference. Chris Paul never got there in more talented team. Exactly. Uh, like what? What's the argument here? I mean, I would have to see. I would have to see uh, those rosters. Like Chris Paul, I wouldn't say his roster was better than Derrick Rose roster. He like, played on better rosters than, than Derrick Rose, though. I mean, I would say. I mean, who who do he have? David West, who was his best player with him? David exactly. West. Like what? Come on now. Like Derrick Rose had a defensive player of the year. No, I'm, ta- I'm talking like, about I'm on. talking about period though. Like Chris Paul has played on better teams. Like on the I Clippers. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. He go ahead. got there. He got to the conference finals. No, Chris Paul never got to the conference finals. He got there with the Rockets. Oh, he did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I'm tripping. Yeah. And it wasn't his fault he lost either. Exactly. I, I like, come on, man. I mean, listen. All I'm saying is Derrick Rose. I still. But think- I, I, but but technically, he wasn't the main guy though. It, it was really what? Right. Whoa, Chris Paul was not the Chris main Paul. guy on the roster. Chris- all, right, all right, bro. You got Paul. it. Bro. He, he wasn't the main guy. Oh, where? No, he, you got it, Rockets, bro. No, on the Rockets, he wasn't. I'm 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 on your side, but I'm just saying on the Rockets, the main guy was James Harden. Exactly. Was, James Harden was the, was the main guy. guy. But. There's, but I'm, but I'm saying when James Harden's not in the game or James Harden, you know, James Harden really doesn't do any. If he's not scoring offensively, he's not doing anything. He's just standing there. Chris Paul was always in the huddle. Chris Paul was always so, setting the offense up. It's just no, the way no, I, James Harden. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you guys on that. I agree. So with you when Derrick Rose came out the game on effect. the Bulls, who 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 was the second guy? Who was the guy that was going to pick? Joakim Noah, play? stop it now. Joakim Noah, come Joakim on. Noah, he was the hardest on that team. Offensively, you just you just said compose. Hold up. So, review what you said, because you didn't say who was taking over the scoring load. You said who was, like, the leader. That's what you asked. No, we talking about... No, I'm talking about, like, who can, like, not necessarily fill in Derrick Rose's shoes, but, like, who's going to pick up the slack? Who's going to pick up the scoring, the the, the defense? Like, all, all that... Uh, they, they, had, oh, they still had players. They were still competitive. They still had players. Like, what are y'all talking They had players. Well, they did have some nonsense. Boozer. They did have Carlos Boozer. Like y'all just talking, talking nonsense. And still, Kirk Heinrich was whooping off the bench. Like, what are y'all talking right. about? Right, talking what nonsense. I was, what I would say is, I, I look at, I, I would, when I, when it comes to Derrick Rose, like for me, it's, it's tough. I, he's definitely not a Hall of Famer now. Like I don't know if y'all, y'all, I don't, if y'all might want to chew my head off, I wouldn't say he's sure ain't a Hall of Famer. He's sure ain't. Um, but I would say if he didn't get hurt, uh, I don't he know, I don't know where he would have been. The game changed. The game changed like two yeah, years yeah. after he got yeah. hurt. So. Once he wasn't a horrible. He, he wasn't a horrible three point shooter. He was definitely better than Westbrook. Well, I mean, he he was, but then again, like now you asking him the the, the game change. His scoring would have had to. He, he would have to increase his scoring. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's like for me, I can't answer it because I I honestly don't know what he would have been. I don't think that he would have been better than Chris Paul. Um, I I think Chris Paul somehow and this world that we live in is still underrated like as a point guard thank you now thank you like, even, oh he even, is oh even, he is even even now like what he just did with the we're not even talking about his prom like what he just did with the thunder this year alone like that knocks him above a lot of these cats that we consider the good point thank guards you. in the league like, thank you, you know oh so I mean? somebody has some sense where would you put Chris Paul in, in, in the league's point guard right now would you put him in the top three point guard you think he's the best point guard in the league 
I got him top five. I, I, I put him. I put him in a different category. So for me, it's different. Like I, he 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 a pure point guard, and I think that's another thing. A lot of these guys is considered point guards. Like as much as I love Kyrie Irving game, like he's not a point guard. He just played that position because of his size. Uh, he's really a two guard. He played like a two guard. So if we just talking about just the what the position of a point guard is and distributing, and getting people involved. I, I don't know. I don't put him in, but that's what I'm saying. I don't put him in the same category as everybody else because he don't do. He's an actual true point guard, and he's a and he's a true leader. He's a true leader. Derrick Rose, with Derrick Rose is a true leader too. I no, mean, he's not. He wasn't leading the team. Come on now, stop it. Don't say that. No, he did not lead that team. Okay, so let me. So just because you average the most points on the team, just because your team's best player doesn't mean you're the leader. Come on now, you sound dumb. I did not even say that. That wasn't even my point. When it comes down to being clutch, leading this team, willing this team, Derrick Rose showed everything you would need in tangibles as a leader. Derrick Rose. So, be, so because you have the ball in your hands, that makes you Derrick the leader. Rose, Derrick Rose. You can ask anyone on that team. So was, because you have the ball in your hand, Derrick Rose is the leader. Who's the leader of that team, Chris? Joakim Noah, like I said, or Tom Thibodeau, if you want to be honest. All right, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau is the reason why Derrick Rose tore his ACL in the first place. But we're not going to get into that. You think he was the reason. Absolutely, he played them in minutes. Yeah, he should. He should have taken Man, I just, I just think any, any twenty-two-year-old that wins the MVP is on pace to have a Hall of Fame type career. Exactly. Now he's definitely gonna have a better career than Chris Paul. He well, definitely I mean, would have. The only, career. the only thing I say, the only thing I say about Derrick Rose, like I, I, like I'm not saying, I'm not saying I agree with everything that everybody is saying. Like me and Chris got some things we agree. Me and Mark got some things we agree. Me and Colin, we got some things that we agree. I just look at it like it. If, if I got to project and I'm only projecting off of three years, like that's a hard projection for me. Like it's a lot of guys that was their first couple years in the league. They, did, they didn't win MVP, but they was damn nice. And Thank you. so they, 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 they fizzled out. Like I, I think the, the game changing in his prom would have affected him. Like, so he would have had to decide that he's going to be able to shoot that jump shot consistently, or he would have been able, or he, he's going to be able to set guys up consistently. Something would have had to change in the game. He wouldn't have been able to just do, what he do, uh, what he was doing at the time. Right. All right. Well, look, all right. I want to touch on one more question before, before we end this episode. So I, I've been seeing this on a lot of social media lately. So is they bringing up MVP Westbrook versus MVP Rose? Who's your, who's your MVP? Which MVP would you choose? MVP Rose or MVP Westbrook? I'd say uh, Rose over Westbrook easily. Yeah, 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 that, that doesn't mean I take MVP Rose over, over Chris Paul, though. I'm not undermining Westbrook triple double. I'm really not. I know that's historic, but like Derrick Rose was just different. Like I'm taking MVP Rose. What about you? I I got I got um I got Rose. You know it's it's crazy because like in hindsight, you know now you see everything that took place. I honestly thought when Derrick Rose was young, I said, yo, if he can stay healthy, man, he got he he can be one of the best players to ever play this game ever. Like mm-hmm. any position, I, I felt that when he was young. But I also didn't know that the game was going to change either. Like, my perspective on trying to look back and say what he would have been is looking at the shift in the game and knowing how good he was at the time for the way the game was played versus how he would have had to adjust his game. Because you got to be honest and say, look, Miami defensively, they they affected D-Rose a lot. Like, I don't, I can't even say that he still would have got out the East or even close to be getting out the East. And that – play a role in, in your resume that play a role on how the team is like the Indiana Pacers. They look like they was going to be able to compete, maybe add a piece. They might be able to, you know, challenge the heat. And you see after two years, they ain't had nobody. They, they was like, screw it. We just going to dismantle the whole team. Like teams literally started dismantling their teams. Cause it's like, look, we can't get past the heat. We can't get past the Cavs. Like, I don't know that the Bulls wouldn't have did the same thing. That's all I'm saying. Well, the only thing I'm gonna I'm bring another achievement there, Rose. He, as a rookie coming in, he took the reigning champion, the Boston Celtics, to seven games, and he was a key factor in them taking them to the seven games. That's all I got. So that makes so that puts him over Chris Paul, in your opinion? I didn't say that. All I said was that I'm just bringing out that achievement. A lot of I'm, people. I'm just asking you a question. I didn't. It's not, that's all. If we talking about future, if he never tore his ACL, he'd be a better point guard than, than Chris Paul. Not now, of yeah, course. Yeah, you, you, you tripping them? Oh no, that's facts. That's facts. How's that? Well, I, right. That's not facts. That's 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 a very that's opinion statement. Let me apologize. Let me apologize. Yeah, that's, that's definitely that's not facts. Most, <laughs> well, Chris Chris Paul is the Hornets franchise and steals an assist. And in how many years was there? Five years. Come on now. In five years, he, he was the franchise and steals an assist. Though. Right. Did it? Who do you have? Who did D Rose have? 
Well, well, D Rose has some. He has some nice pieces. You can't. You, yeah, let's not. He, he, has, had he has some nice pieces, but but when you when you really think about some of the teams Chris Paul had, I'm talking about in the Clippers, Jamal Crawford, Lance Stevenson, Matt yeah. Barnes, all these Blake Griffin, all these. And you just never said got Lance Stevenson. What? Bro, you Lance just said Stevenson Lance Stevenson. A, Lance Stevenson. He was, was he was good for piece. one or two years. Stop it. He was good for he one or two years. He was good for one or two years. Chris Paul had all this talent, man. Like I'm not. You can't. No, I'm just gonna hang that over his head. It's multiple arguments against Chris Paul. Like the thing is, like if we compare Chris Paul to D Rose and what D Rose could have, I don't think he could be better than Chris Paul. You can make arguments for aspects about. Thank you. You can make aspects about Chris Paul where you can knock him for certain things. Like the Clippers was loaded. Like Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Jamal Crawford, like JJ Redick. Like they had a squad. DeAndre Jordan. You can, yeah, I said that. You cannot, you can knock that against them, but this is a hypothetical situation, and y'all just assume that this guy would have been better than him, like right? You, because like, the, I'm just, I'm just going off the trajectory that Derrick Rose's career was on as a 22 year old MVP. His, he only his, his, his game was only season, 21. I'm just saying, 21. Know, all I'm saying his is jersey his, was his, the number one selling jersey. He was a fan. I'm fan saying his game, his game, his game, his game improved uh, every year in the league. He, he was on path to being. The best point guard in the league. He was yeah, that year. Oh, that year he won MVP. Chris Paul and Derrick Williams were still averaging double doubles. Yeah, oh, I understand that, but Derrick Rose had had like the impact he had on his team. You just can't take that away from him because he was. Say, oh my, Raph, would you say? Because I, I honestly believe that, like, if LeBron didn't go to Miami, that was his MVP to to lose. Like, he only didn't get it. Because it was like, oh, he went to Miami. He don't deserve to get an MVP. Like you oh, can make year. the argument that no, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a lot. Of- great, like they, they, his numbers were solid, but like I don't know if they was MVP numbers. If we if we stack it up against other MVP numbers, it sure have wasn't. Stood out. Monte Ellis played, but had average better stats than him. My, oh, right, Monte Ellis was was a good player, but uh, he was just more offensively, and you know. He never his really- stats were better than Derrick Rose's though, but Derrick Rose MVP because he was a fan favorite. Now get out of that nonsense. Whoa, the Derrick Rose, the, the, like, what's wrong with Derrick Rose getting knocked out? There's nothing wrong with it, but the fact that you're saying he deserved the MVP averaging 22 points is just idiotic. Yeah. That's idiotic. I, I think the issue, this is the issue, Colin and Raph, like, we could have had this conversation about uh, Derrick Rose and just talked about Derrick Rose, and then y'all compare him to somebody that actually is a Hall of Famer, right? Like, and I know we projecting and saying who we could have, but like, who he could have been better? Oh, he could have been better than Russell Westbrook. Oh, he could have been better. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah, can name Rose, guys like that. But when you talking about, but when you talking about Chris Paul, like you just jumped a bunch of people and put him better than one of the guys that all of them cats look up to. Like all of them, like Damian Lillard was just talking about Chris Paul and like, yo, man, like I don't even know how he still do this at this age. Like the way he create mismatches, the way he lead, like all of those guys still look up to Chris Paul. And y'all jumped everybody else and just put him above Chris Paul and say, "Oh, well, he would have been better than him." Like that's a, that's you know like that's that's a lot. That's a, that's saying a lot. And then you said that's a fact. Like you well, said that's a fact. Okay, but all right, that is true. But I will say this though: Derrick Rose. Well, I mean, it went, 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 uh, in 2012, in 2012, Chris Paul was 27 years old. Derrick Rose was 22 years old. And you, you guys want to say, all right, they had similar numbers, but Derrick Rose was doing this at 22 years old. Chris Paul is hitting his prime. Derrick That's what Rose. I'm saying. The trajectory that his career was on, he would have definitely been better than Chris Paul if he was doing this at 22 years old. All right. You can't so, take that away from him. And Chris Paul, if you don't consider him in his prime at 27, he was about to hit his prime. Well, no, but see, like, the argument is, like, it's not about whether it was, he was going to be in his prime or not. Like, I get the trajectory, and you say, okay, like, this is what – but it's, like, what could he have been, not just, like, oh, he better than Chris Paul because, like, we see Chris Paul now, and we've seen him then, and he's still as good as advertised. Like, he's slower, you know, but he's as good as advertised. Like, he got a better jump shot than he, than he had even then. Like, he's still leading the team in assists, running the show, doing his thing. So it's like to say that Derrick Rose would have been better at what? Like what aspect of his game would he have been better? A better scorer? Yeah, that's all they're gonna say. That's because all they can say. At the time, even at the time, I mean, he 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 wasn't even technically a scorer. Like he was like LeBron. Like they get they can get buckets, but they not like scores. And Chris Paul, when he need to turn it on, 
Like when you seen against the Spurs, when he was with the Clippers, you seen what he did against the Spurs. He can turn it on too. You seen what he did against the Warriors in, in what, 2017. Like literally if he don't get injured, they might beat the Warriors. Now I'm not saying that they would have. I'm just saying that they could have. I think the Warriors would have turned it on and regardless, they would have destroyed whoever in that game seven. But if he was there, I think you could make a case that they could have beat the Warriors. Like history, like you, you, when you, when you talking about Derrick Rose trajectory, like you pushing him far out there, man. Like you putting him yeah. far out there. What we doing is we, we putting him above point guards that, all right, but I feel like had he not towards the ACL, he probably would have been, he's, he would probably would have been a top three point guard, top two point guard, probably would have been top 10 greatest point guards of all time. That's just my honest and final opinion on what Derrick Rose could have been. I don't know if anyone else agrees on that, but that's just my opinion. Like, what do you think, Chris? You don't think he could have been a top 10 greatest point guard of all time? I say he's going to be a great. I don't know if he's going to be top 10, but I promise you he's going to be over him. It's going to be Chris Paul. I didn't Easily. say it. No, I would have just said, I just said if he never got injured, he would have been consistently for, like, these, these the rest of the eight years. Until now, 2020, I would have said he would have been a top five point guard every year. Right. Yeah, that's, that's my sure. fault. All but right. he's not definitely not an all-star. That's an all-star. He's definitely not a Hall of Famer, though. That's over. So, so none of y'all agree with him being a Hall of Famer? No. Joe Johnson has a better case of being in the Hall of Fame than Derrick Rose does. Joe Johnson slept on. Not that's true. All right. So, so this was pretty good. So, that concludes Episode 7 of the Restricted Zone Podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. We had fun. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Uh, thanks a lot, DP, Rav, Mar. Uh, I really appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for coming in. And uh, everyone, just enjoy your day. Be safe, wear your mask, and stay in the house. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one, y'all.